and welcome back to the Neurodiverging Podcast. I'm Danielle Sullivan and I am your host. Today we have a great episode. We're talking about how to prepare autistic children for the workforce. My guest today is Kerry D. Rosado. Welcome. Kerry is the Latinx founder of Divergent Consulting Group LLC. Divergent is spelled with a Y. As a leadership and DEI consultant, she helps global leaders and organizations in English and Spanish to build stronger teams where people can thrive by cultivating an inclusive culture. Carrie has more than eight years of experience in tech, healthcare, and education spaces and is the proud mother of two boys with autism and a neurodiversity advocate. Her new book, Inclusive Leadership, Opening Doors for Marginalized Groups, just came out last November and is available on Amazon. Link in the description. Today we are talking all about what diversity, equity, and inclusion means, what a DE&I consultant does, and how that fits into neurodiversity spaces. Using her knowledge, Carrie's also going to talk with me about how we can help prepare our autistic and neurodivergent children for the future workplace, what we can do now as parents to prepare them appropriately, and give us some tips for success based on her experience parenting her kiddos at home. Before I introduce Carrie, I'd like to thank all of my patrons for supporting this episode of Neurodiverging. I hope you are enjoying all of the new neurodiversity resources that came out this month. For those of you who are not patrons yet, you can receive exclusive access to lots of goodies, including access to my back catalog of recorded neurodiversity-related webinars, self-help and coaching downloads, 15% discount to my course, Autistic Emotions Explained, and much more. If you want to be one of these amazing folks and support the Neurodiverging Podcast, please check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash neurodiverging. Plus, through the end of March, all new patron pledges are being donated to support relief efforts for the Marshall Fires. And if you donate $5 or more, you'll get a surprise in the mail. It's a great opportunity to check out all of the patron-only resources and have your money go to help a fantastic cause. So that is patreon.com slash neurodiverging. Now, without further ado, welcome to Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the Neurodiverging Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy you're here. So you're a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about what that means and what you do and how you got into that field? Yeah. uh, Let me start by first defining what diversity, equity, and inclusion kind of means, because I know we hear these terms a lot, but sometimes we may not necessarily know what they mean. And there isn't one specific definition, but the ones I like to use as far as when it comes to diversity, it's who you are, your identity, what makes you unique and amazing and beautiful. So think of all your characteristics, your gender, uh, the way your brain functions, your sexual orientation, your beliefs, whatever that may be, all that is who you are, your whole self. And that's amazing. So embrace that diversity. And we all have something different to provide. When it comes to equity, it has to do more with creating um, safe spaces and kind of leveling the playing field. So everyone has equal access to what they need. And that can vary from each individual depending on their needs. So thinking about someone who has disabilities may need uh, more of a support system than someone who doesn't have a disability. Mm-hmm. When it comes to inclusion, that's more of an action. So think of it as a verb. It's a practice. So mm-hmm. because it's a practice that requires action, it takes time to develop. So don't expect it to get it right the first time around. It takes time. It can take you years to really embrace yeah. it. And 
because it's a practice, you also want to make sure you're implementing it in all aspects of your life, not just in one area, like just the workplace or just in school, but everywhere that you go. And that will make it a lot easier for you to just adopt more of an inclusive lens. And going back to your original question, what does the diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant do? We support organizations, and it could be an educational institution or a business organization, government, et cetera. But essentially, um, you could break it into different parts. You can start off by providing an assessment because you want to have a starting point. You want to have that baseline. Where's the organization at? What they've already implemented? What worked? What didn't work? And the only way to really know that is to do that assessment. The assessment consists of doing um, surveys to kind of figure out how the employees are feeling, what's happening really, um, how is the management creating a safe space, what's working, what's not. And then once you get past that, you get into the strategy. Now you start to develop your uh, DNI initiative, and that varies from organization to organization again because everyone's at a different part in the journey. Those that are just starting off uh, may need to first identify a champion within the leadership team, create that committee for DNI, start implementing those uh, employee resource groups if they have any, and so forth. Whereas others organizations are a little more established and have already accomplished that, so they're in a better place to really start implementing those best practices. So kind of the consultant comes in as an outsider, kind of helping guide the organization to kind of help avoid those pitfalls they might fall into if they're doing it on their own. And then there's different aspects too. If you're not doing the assessments or the strategy piece, you could be a trainer and a trainer usually provides a workshop on a specific topic. They come in and they can either work with the leadership, the employees or the organization as a whole Mm -hmm. and provide different uh, trainings on different topics that they're looking for. And the reason I got into DNI, um, so oftentimes many people perceive me as not being a Latina. Many people don't realize that I'm actually Hispanic. I'm actually an immigrant. I wasn't born in the U.S. And so growing up, oftentimes uh, people would question whether my mother was my mother because of the color of her skin. She happens to have a darker tone. And so growing up, I really started to understand the different biases people carry just based on uh, how quickly we tend to judge individuals, just based on what we see Mm -hmm. and ideas we've developed over time. When I had my kids, uh, both of my kids are neurodiverse. They both are on the autism spectrum. My oldest is 11 and the youngest is nine. Mm -hmm. And so learning that side Uh, navigating the world that really isn't prepared to handle someone with autism, navigating the health system, the educational system, and really starting to really advocate for them kind of propelled me to get more into leadership positions. I joined a nonprofit board. Eventually, I got onto the school board. um, And I've always seeked uh, positions in tech where I had the opportunity to uh, really open doors for people who are in underrepresented groups. So I've had the opportunity to work at top tech companies such as Microsoft and Amazon, advocating for diversity and inclusion. And most recently this year, I launched my consultancy, uh, Divergent Consulting Group. Thank you so much. It was really interesting to hear your view of what yeah, I can do for a company. And also, especially as a white person, you know, I was trained to see white as the default and I'm still like, I've, you know, been aware of that for many years, but also still, it's still in there. It takes forever to get it out. So I really appreciated your focus on it. It's an activity. It's something you have to keep doing and keep doing and keep learning over the course of your life and keep making mistakes and keep learning from those mistakes. Because I feel like 
a lot of times is framed as a thing you should just be. And that feels like one day you'll achieve it and you'll be an inclusive person as opposed to a constant effort on your part to like include people and make the world a better place to be. So I just really appreciated that and and you saying that. And you did mention that your kids are neurodivergent. So I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about autism in the workplace, because I assume that that's a piece that you've thought of, because I know as a parent of autistic and ADHD kids, I think a lot about how will my kids function (laughs) in a workplace in the future, you know, especially with sensory processing issues with different access needs. Um, And I, I would just love to hear some of your perspective on that. Is there something that workplaces can be doing to help and how can workplaces adapt to be more inclusive of neurodivergent people of all stripes when they come in the doors? So one of the best, uh, places to start off is really implementing an autism at work program. And this is a big step for any organization. And uh, the key is to really, before you start onboarding someone who's neurodiverse, you want to start to prepare the management and the employees. So the team members, so they know Mm -hmm. how to communicate effectively with uh, someone on the autistic spectrum. They understand what autism is and how it impacts an individual That way um, they learn to really accept the person as they are versus trying to fit them into a box and making them function like a neurodivert, like someone who's not neurodivergent, right? Mm -hmm. And so that training and awareness needs to happen before they start onboarding people and really help uh, embrace and make autism really part of the corporate culture of the organization and making sure um, they actually actively have a program in place because people come and go from the organization. And so you can't have just a one-time training and consider it done. It has Mm -hmm. to be ongoing. We can't assume that everyone that's currently at the company will be there forever. Right. And so having that internally, when someone comes on board, they're trained with the autism program and they know how to communicate effectively and support someone there. Um, Once you do have someone on board, you want to make sure you have a good support system for them in place. We know we we all have HR, we all have our managers, and oftentimes we get assigned like a mentor or a team buddy, right? Mm -hmm. But that usually gets pulled away after like 90 days, right? So you want to really make sure you're providing additional support for this person to really navigate the team that they're in, but also the organization. So that may require two different mentors, and they may need that for more than just 90 days. So acknowledge that you know, people on the autism spectrum do take longer time to process information and to adapt to new situations. Uh, Some organizations that have done a great job include Microsoft, SAP, uh, JP Morgan, Chase, just to name a few. And they really do take their time when they're interviewing people. It's not just uh, like a typical interview where you go in for an hour and you're done. Mm -hmm. They actually have longer interview processes that can go on for days or weeks, even just to give people the opportunity to really adopt to the scenario that they're in. Uh, Something you'll want to work with is also coaches. Um, Think about it. When we step into leadership, oftentimes we seek out someone who can coach us to become a leader. Well, Mm -hmm. if someone who's on the autism spectrum needs coaching on how to function in the workplace, because typically that's not something you learn in school, right? Very true. So they're going to need that guidance and coaching on how to collaborate in a team environment. Because oftentimes think about how autism impacts people. And I see it in my kids all the time. 
you know, yes, they like being around other kids, but when it comes to actual play, they prefer to play on their own individually. And so it's a challenge for them to communicate and work in a team environment. So thinking of a tech organization where engineering teams work collaboratively, it, it can be a challenge. So making sure that that coach is there to really support the team, but also the individual and how they can communicate effectively and work as a team so they don't feel so overwhelmed and isolated. So organizations really do need to do a better job at really uh, connecting with organizations that specialize in this mm-hmm. and can provide that job training and coaching. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that coaching element is especially interesting and um, valuable because I think so many organizations run by neurotypical uh, managers and staff um, just try to make the autistic person fit into the neurotypical mold. And we just don't function at our best like that. And we aren't as valuable to the company like that. So hearing uh, that it should go both ways seems to me a really valuable thing that both sides should get coaching on communicating with the other side. Yeah. And actually, and it's Mm -hmm. to the advantage of the management and the team, because oftentimes, you know, if you really think about it, most of us don't really receive like communications coaching on how to collaborate and communicate effectively with others. So we all benefit, even if we're neurotypical or not. So it is to their advantage to actually learn to become better leaders and really um, communicate the needs of the team and their strategy in a more effective and clear way Mm -hmm. uh, that will ultimately benefit and kind of help eliminate a lot of the um, ambiguity, misunderstandings that can take place. Yeah. Yeah. I, and there's so many different communication styles just among neurotypical people that I feel like giving, um, making it more accepted for everybody to have supports and different ways of doing things. Yeah. can only help the team. So that's amazing. And what about for parents who are trying to support kids to go into the workplace? So from the other side, if you have autistic or ADHD children, are there things we can be doing at home to make them more work ready or more likely to succeed in like a traditional job environment. Yeah. So I haven't hit that stage yet because my kids are only me (laughs) Me neither. They're still little, but I worry about it. You know? Yeah. I worry about it. But yeah, but a lot of steps you can start to take and really start to think ahead of time from the moment they hit high school. Um, Is your child on the track to receive a high school diploma or or are they on the other track where they're just going to receive a certificate of completion? Mm -hmm. And if you know for a fact your kid can perform and do well academically, then fight for them to receive that diploma and make sure they're on that track because then they can apply to colleges. And there are some universities, like for example, the University of Washington that has a supportive system for people on the autism spectrum. And there's others as well. So do your research as far as which ones in the country um, offer this. But I know for a fact uh, UW has that. And so something to keep in mind, but also connect with your regional centers and really start to look ahead of time, you know, what are some vocational trainings? Do they offer, you know, job training or coaching? Like, what if you have a very high functioning individual who can get into a tech organization and, um, and they don't have the support system they need to function there? What can you do on the outside too, to kind of help support your student, your child, you know? So think ahead and really start to connect and don't wait until they hit adulthood or even high school, start to look ahead and ask those questions 
really dig deep. Um, you also want to look at organizations, not just the regional center, but there's a lot of nonprofit organizations mm -hmm. and individual experts and coaches that specialize in providing training. And they also work with the parents. So they train the parents on how they can support the the adult mm -hmm. and also the individual themselves. Uh, one of those is actually, I want to mention her by name, Sarah Sanders Gardner. Uh, okay. She's an autism inclusive hiring trainer. So someone you want to look into for sure. That's great. Thank you. I will try to find her and put a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So definitely do your research, connect with your regional center. Um, as far as funding goes, I don't know how it works. You may end up having to pay out of pocket. Uh, so work with your regional center to see if that's something or with your insurance company to see if that's something they're willing to cover once they become adults. Again, I haven't hit that stage, so I don't know. Hopefully they'll cover part of it. If not, it's coming out of pocket. Yeah, <laughs> That's a challenge for sure we all face. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of financial challenges with with autistic ADHD kids so are there specific skills that you think are important in the workplace that parents can focus on even younger kids yeah I think right from the moment you find out your child has been diagnosed really work hard to push their boundaries because oftentimes kids on the autism spectrum like to stick to schedules and routines they want the same food every time, you know, you deviate from that routine, it upsets them, but don't be afraid to challenge them a bit, introduce them to different things, take them out into the community, introduce them to the arts, music, mm -hmm. uh, art museums, and try to really introduce them to uh, playing with other kids. And that may require, uh, you know, extra effort on your part, communicating yeah. with other parents, letting them Hey, my kid is on the autism spectrum. They add, they add, they behave differently, mm -hmm. but you know they still need that interaction and kind of work around that and really start to build that support system. They need that interaction from a young age, and mm -hmm. so you know really fighting in the school system to to introduce them to general ed courses and so work with uh, you know uh, individuals that specialize in those areas for sure from early stage. But definitely that that interaction with other people, mm -hmm. the younger they start, the better off they'll be. Yeah. Yeah. So the communication, the collaboration, emotional intelligence kind of skill set is really important in the workplace as they get older. Uh, I also wanted to highlight um, martial arts. It's great. Mm -hmm. and really, <laughs> um, I, I, I will be prior to COVID. I had my kids in martial arts, but I really saw their confidence level kind of boost when they, they mm -hmm. felt more empowered. And that's something that really martial arts can uh, definitely uh, do for any individual. You know, like they're learning self-defense, but they're also learning teamwork and yeah. self-control. And so that's something uh, that's really important because I know like my kids sometimes have major outbursts when they become upset. And so um, definitely martial arts can kind of help tone it down a little bit. They have a way to kind of release that in a positive mm -hmm. way. And at the same time, they're learning those self-defense skills. So something yeah. to look into as well. Thank you. That's great. And as a parent of autistic kids, do you have any like favorite community resources or favorite resources for families with neurodivergent members that you'd recommend? I wanted to highlight uh, the Autism Society. I'm a part of I'm a member. Um, mm -hmm. so I live in the Inland Empire in California, and so I'm a member of the Autism Society there. And they do a pretty good job, even though we're doing a lot of remote stuff. Mm -hmm. Something I really appreciate. Uh, they do like story time and music time with the kids. Something I really like also is they do um, 
art classes with the kids. And so Mm -hmm. my older one's really artistic and he likes really drawing and sketching. And so he really benefits from that. Plus the school he's in does it. So he gets double the time to do art. So if you find that your child is really into the arts, really harness that and really help them uh, get into that. So do something better. Thank you. The Autism Society of Boulder County is also awesome. Just awesome. I'm so happy that I found it because they do so many things. They have a lot of community activities and we don't, we don't do art classes though. I'll have to recommend that, but I have a little artist too. So that would be nice, but yeah, but they are great. They offer a lot of support groups too, for um, parents, for siblings of autistic kids, for autistic youth, you know, all sorts of things. So all ages. Yeah. All ages. It's great. It's great. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. I learned, I learned so many things. I'm really excited to get this out. Um, Where can folks find you? And also I hear you have a book coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you can find me at www.divergentcg.com. That's divergent with a Y. Uh, You can also just uh, Google me, Carrie Rosado, K-E-R-R-Y. And my last name, Rosado, R-O-S-A-D-O, and everything pops up. Um, And yes, I have a book coming out this fall. It's entitled uh, Inclusive Leadership, Opening Doors for Marginalized Groups. So it doesn't just focus on neurodiversity, but I do dedicate a whole chapter to that. Um, It focuses on how leaders can really become more empathetic leaders and really create those safe spaces where people really feel comfortable, welcome, and accepted for everyone that falls into a marginalized group. So I go into LGBTQ, race, obviously neurodiversity and different topics. So definitely check it out. It's coming out later this fall around the November, December timeframe. <laughs> so exciting. That it sounds really great. I think we just need so many, we need as many diversity resources as we can possibly get, especially when it comes to the workplace. So yeah, thank you for all your work there. And folks, show notes will have links to all of Carrie's stuff. So please go check out her website and learn all the things. Thank you so much for joining us on the Neurodiverging Podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Neurodiverging, please visit the website at neurodiverging.com or the Patreon at patreon.com slash neurodiverging. We're also on social at neurodiverging on Instagram and Facebook, and you can follow us there for more things. I appreciate all of you being here. And as always, please remember, we are all in this together.